Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Howdy and welcome to Wikishuffle. I'm your host, Jack Stewart, and joining me as ever are my friends Chris Wallace. Hello. And Philip Sharman. Hello. Now, what a professional introduction. I'm not going to let that pass without comments. It's like Newsnight. You did it properly. Oh, yeah, like you be- behaved yourself and you did it properly. I'm in a serious mood this week. Oh. I've listened to my behaviour on previous podcasts, all 92 of them, and I thought, it's time to grow up, Jack. It's time to grow up. I'm impressed. I'm incredulous. Shall we discuss some items of Wikipedia? Yes, I would very much like to do that. Okay, let's proceed. <laughs> this is a bit weird, isn't it? Mm. Let's proceed. It's oh, you don't like it now? No. No, I'm proceeding, but I'm doing it tentatively. Roll music. Haunted house. Oh, I love things about the hauntings. Can we just go one week without talking <laughs> about ghosts or muckmen or? Well, it's Wikipedia. That's what it does. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It's all it is. It's all it is. That's not what it does. Ghosts, wear cats, different types of snail. That's that's all <laughs> I don't it is. Don't want to talk about ghosts again. <laughs> well, this isn't about ghosts. <sighs> this is Trimper's haunted house. The Haunted House is a dark ride and one of the flagship attractions at Trimper's Rides and Amusements in Ocean City, Maryland. That is Maryland, isn't it? MD. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Or Mr. Dippy. It's probably not Mr. Dippy. I I don't think it's Midori. It is Maryland. You've looked it up and it is definitely Maryland. Why isn't it ML? Because that would be... Massachusetts. <laughs> There's no reason for it not to be ML. Stupid. Uh, there must be one. Can we can we name all the states between us? Let's go. Go. Arizona. Yep. That's one. <laughs> one down. Uh, Massachusetts. Two. Denver. No. no. Oh. Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Utah. Yeah. New Mexico. Yeah. North Dakota. Yeah. South Dakota. Yeah. Seven. Washington. Mm-hmm. Alabama. Yeah. I'm quite good at this, so this isn't as funny as you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think it's it's eye-opening because nobody expected you to be this good at this. Yeah, well, I can also do the countries. I know, like, 180 or something. Chris? Yeah. You, you got any holidays coming up? I'm not talking about the Hornet House. I don't want to. <laughs> got any holidays coming up, mate? No, I don't have any holidays coming up. Oh, you okay. do. You're going to Southeast Asia for I'm ages. not going to South... Like, I'm, yeah, I am, but I'm going to just, like, Asia. All of it. Uh, yeah, some of it. But, but yeah, the southeast part, the part that's known as Southeast I'm not, Asia. I'm not touching the southeast for three months. I'm in like Japan and China and yeah, that's South all Korea. Yeah, no, that counts as Southeast Asia. No, it doesn't. That counts as Asia. Southeast Asia is Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia. 
Depends no, even. It's a little oh, um, Singapore, pandemic, Mal- Malaysia. Malaysia. No, you don't. Yeah, it's basically anything that isn't China or the Middle East. No. Yeah. No, I'm not having that. Yeah. It's not. It's just Asia. Yeah, you Google it, mate. You I'm, Google I'm it. I'm Googling it. I'm bloody Googling it, because that's what we do. So I went on a holiday for four weeks to the States, so I'm well-travelled. I went to Rill. <laughs> <laughs> and how was Rill? Pretty much the same as in England, but in Wales. Was it, was it really nice? It was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no internet connection again, so I can't look it up. So let's talk about Trimper's Haunted House. <clears throat> do we have to? Yeah. Yes, it's in Ocean City, Maryland... Built by Bill Tracy in 1964 and expanded in 1988. It has resided on the southern end of Ocean City's boardwalk strip ever since. Mm. Southeast Asia is is a sub-region of Asia consisting of the countries that are geographically south of China, east of India, west of New Guinea and north of Australia, which does not include Japan or South Korea or North Korea or obviously China. So I'm not going to Southeast Asia for three months. Okay. I'm only going right at the end of my trip. I'm a big enough man to admit when I am mistaken. Oh, you're very mistaken. I'm somewhat mistaken. No, you're very mistaken. I was moderately incorrect. Except, like, you're never incorrect. Never. Just just let me have this once. Well, you were correct. And, you know, this is a subject that I fully admit you know more about than I do, because I hope you do anyway, because you're going there in two months' time. That's terrifying, isn't it? Are you scared? Why aren't you scared? Going on holiday. Do you get scared before you go on holiday? Yes. I mean, obviously, you do because you're I racist, get scared but... before I get scared before I leave the house. Oh yeah, well, so do, so do I. But that's part of the reason why I'm going. So, if you're combating a fear, the first stage in that is to admit that you have a fear. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, originally I did, but now I'm just sort of like, yeah, okay. Beats but, doing an office job, doesn't it? So you've already gone past the fear and into acceptance. That's that's okay. I think I'm just relishing not having to sit at a desk for eight hours a day. Wanting, that wanting my life to come to a quick end. I'm treating your holiday as a drug addiction. Is that okay? <laughs> That's fine. That... I have a problem. Oh, you have many problems. I do. I do have many problems. Very few of which are going to be solved by you visiting East Asia. I don't even know what that's meant to mean. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to imply? In 1961, Granville Trimper was intrigued by a dark ride at Glen Echo Park near Washington, D.C. What is a dark ride? The... Wikipedia article for dark rides say that it's an indoor amusement ride on which passengers aboard guided vehicles travel through specially lit scenes that typically contain animation, sound, music and special effects. Stuff like Pirates of the Caribbean is a dark Mm. ride. Um, It's a small world would qualify as a dark ride, I guess. So it's not necessarily ghost trains, but... Just when you're indoors and there's loads of like shine to look at. Oh, so it means dark as in not illuminated rather than dark. You're you're inside, it's dark, yeah. Right, okay. But you can have dark, dark rides. We're planning on doing one of them for Halloween that we talked about the other day. This is the same sort of thing. Well, what we're doing isn't a ride, is it? It's an experience. That's what they say about all rides. That's that's my chat up line. (laughs) (laughs) How's that working for you? Uh, It's never worked. We're going to be wandering around a haunted house at Halloween, aren't we? Lots of haunted houses. You know there's no such thing as a haunted house. There is. There's loads. Um, why did I don't know you open the door just, you know, go and out come all my spookies <laughs> just continue what are you doing for Halloween guys we're just going on a haunted experience what do you, is this organised by a yeah it's, no, not, no, it's real. not organised it's not real no <laughs> it's going to break into East Carlton Hall and have a wonder about yeah. okay. I'll be good though it's, it's not real it's like people in suits jumping out at you and yeah. wielding plastic chainsaws I mm. imagine you are invited you just didn't want to come no I don't want to come because it sounds terrible why would you want to do that? It's fun. You don't have no. fun. 
No, unless, no, it's, unless, it's, like unless it's Asian fun. <laughs> I don't really get it. I don't get why being, being scared, scared is good. I'd rather just, like, the, not. The thrill. Yeah, I don't like it. You don't like the thrill? No, it's not a thrill. It's just scary. This is I don't want someone to jump out at me with a plastic axe. I don't think it will be scary. I think it'll just be silly. I'm all for silliness. You'll love it. Tell by my demeanour. Yeah. Well, why don't we have silly houses that you can go to? I think you do. That's like fun houses and halls of mirrors. And yeah, but I can't, like you that. can't go in there kids, as an adult. Kids' soft play areas. That's what. <laughs> well, there should be them for adults. Nah. I bet there is. Yeah, there is. But who goes to them? Jack. <laughs> in 1961, Granville Trimper was intrigued by a dark ride at Glen Echo Park near Washington D.C. He attended an amusement convention not long afterwards where he met Bill Tracy, who at the time was the best dark ride builder in the industry. No citation there, but I'll take the <laughs> word for it. I can't name a better one. No, I can't either. And discussed building a dark ride on the site of the former Windsor Theatre. After numerous proposals, Granville settled for the one-level haunted house dark ride package. The standard. Just out the catalogue. Out of the catalogue, straight out. I'll have one of them, one of them, and one of them. A couple of skeletons. Have I, have I ever told you about fish and chips? I mean, this isn't a good story, but I just thought I'd mention it, seeing as we're talking about ghost trains. We once, we were maybe 14 or 15... And a couple of gypsy kids. Do we call them gypsies? Is that offensive? Travelling Travelers. kids. Travelling kids. What, what's the actual term? That, like what? I don't think they I mind think gypsies. Fine. Yeah, gypsy, gypsy children. Okay, two gypsy children. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. No, it doesn't. Travelling. No, just that. travelling children. <laughs> <laughs> two gypsy children came up to me and my friends and introduced themselves as fish and chips. Like that was their names. I don't no, know the, the what black. it was. <laughs> and then you know we had a chat and they were like weird we went on our way can you contextualize for us how old are you at this time how old uh, are these 14, children 14 i think the kids were maybe seven or eight and they were just on their own as gypsy kids do <laughs> <laughs> i can't get through this without being offensive can i well i we have no intent of being offensive is that good enough you can mm. say whatever you want as long as you put that yeah. sentence in front like of old it. people yeah i'm not racist but mm. <laughs> that kind of thing this isn't working is it two children let's just call them children this isn't even a good i don't know what i'm telling you anyway a few years later, when fish and chips were but a distant memory... We're accepting this as if this is normal so far. So 14-year-old you meets two 8-year-old children. <laughs> Their background's unimportant. <laughs> yes. I think it is. Well, that's your prejudices speaking. <laughs> they were just children. It comes into play later in the story. Okay, let's, let's wait and see. We didn't know that they were gypsy children at the time. We just thought that they were fish and chips, and we accepted them for right, who they so were. So they introduced themselves... Alright, mister, I'm fish and this is chips. Pretty much, that was pretty much how it happened, yeah. And then a few years later, when we were about 17... Wait, no, that wasn't kind of <laughs> the end of the interaction. Yeah, we just said, hi, fish and chips, how are you? And then, like, for years afterwards, it'd be like, remember fish and chips? That was weird. It just seemed weird. Why did two little kids come and introduce themselves as fish and chips? Why not? I did say, not a great story. The story is unravelling <laughs> before it arrives. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a few years later, we were on a ghost train at... The, the fun fair that had rolled into town and guess who was operating the ride fish and chips yeah <laughs> how did you how did you guess yeah it's fish and chips and it was like oh, alright fish alright chips did they understand the reference yeah they knew us straight away even though we'd only had a very slight interaction it was it was all quite bizarre maybe yeah. that's their given name I don't know how these mm. gypsy cultures work who decided who was fish the parents presumably and they yeah. had to mm. fill in the birth certificate they were thinking ahead because chips wouldn't have been along yet anyway what happened at the end of the story? We just saw them again. No, that was it. That's a good Who, story. Ask, ask so our friend Lauren. She has more details. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get her on the podcast to, yeah. to pad it out a little. 
But, you know, they're out there. So if you're listening, Fish and Chips, if you've got access to podcasts, hey. Hi, Fish. Hi, how, Chips. How's it going? They must be men now. Or dead. Probably dead. This is. I, I'm I mean, just I know tra- you don't want to talk about this ride, but you're not offering up better alternatives, so I'm going to crack on. No, no, I just feel like... Anyway, Fish and Chips to one side. Granville... His name was actually Granville. Brilliant. Settled for the one-level haunted house dark ride package. Construction began in 1963 and the ride was ready for the 1964 season. The ride was a hit and Granville added to his new dark ride whenever possible. During the 1988 season, the ride was given a major overhaul, adding a second floor to accommodate gags and tricks from a ride called Ghost Ship at Playland Park, which had closed. The addition required an enlarged loading area to make room for some extra cars and added a balcony which the cars could travel across during the trip. In current years, the park has been gradually phasing out the Tracy tricks, which consist of wood, papier-mâché and day-glow paint. This fragile building has led to numerous incidents, including being the target of vandalism and constant repairs. The park has been adding newer, modern dark ride stunts to replace the older ones. What it goes on to do next is talk about the ride experience in intricate detail. Intricate detail. I don't want to read out the intricate detail because I can't really be bothered. What I am going to do is just read out all the words that link through to anything else. So this should give you an indication okay. of just the sentient points of what you will experience by going on this oh, ride. Ah, that's a better way to read in general. Yeah. Yeah, let's just do that. I'm just going to read out the links. So I'm <laughs> the next um, the next Wikipedia article we do, let's just read out the we're links. We just go at links, and then you have to guess from that what it is that we're hey, talking that's a, about. That's a better podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go through this. Lobby, antique chandeliers, gargoyle, staircase, spiders, skulls. Is this just a list of things you have in your house? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's like my mood board. You've already got the spiders and the skulls down. Absolutely. Rat, illusion, Philadelphia Toboggan Company, (laughs) (laughs) family of trolls, a hippopotamus, birthday party, severed head, birthday cake, witch... Graveyard, Coffin, Frankenstein, Vampire, Balcony, Chewing Gum, Mummy, <laughs> Ankles, Pit of Ankles, <laughs> Ankles, Sick of your ankles. Device, Pit of Hot Coals, Animated Breasts. <laughs> <laughs> that has its own Wikipedia article. Why aren't we doing that? Um, actually, it's animated is one, and then breasts is another, oh, but they okay. are next to each other. But I'm not going to elaborate. You want to know why there are animated breasts in this ride? You have to look it up yourself. <laughs> Toes, skull, electric chair, toilet, train, hanging man, grandfather clock. I think that's enough to give you sort of an idea really of what's involved with the ride. That's fascinating. I, yeah. I would like to ride it now. Link I those mean... together. Link those together, and that's what you'll get out of this ride. Ankles, grandfather clock, breasts, family of trolls. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I mean. El tren de la muerte. Muerte. The murder, murder trains. Is that it? The uh, Death Train. Oh, okay. Have we not just done that? We're doing another Death Train. Okay. Is this one fun? No. Oh. Oh, okay, I'm in. The Death Train refers to a network of Mexican freight trains that are utilised by US-bound migrants to more quickly traverse the length of Mexico, also known as La Bestia, the Beast, 
and El Tren de los Desconocidos. Desconocidos. The Train of the Unknowns. It goes by many names. It's a, it's a network of no. freight trains, so it's not just one train. Oh. It is many trains. This mode of travel is extremely dangerous and illegal. It is estimated that yearly between 400,000 and 500,000 migrants, the majority of, of whom are Central American origin, continue to ride atop these trains in the effort to reach the United States. Of 64,061 foreign nationals that were detained in the year 2009, 60,383 were from El Salvador, Guatemala and Honduras. Furthermore, according to the Consul of El Salvador, Vilma Mendoza, around 30% of those that ride the trains are cyclical migrants, men and women who attempt to return to the United States after deportation or after a failed attempt. Oh, so mm. they get on the train for the first time, get to America, get sent back, and get back on the train. And that's their life. Other factors that have contributed to the mass exodus of Central Americans, according to Juan Padinas, CEO of the Mexican Institute for Competitiveness, are the precarious economic situation of their countries of origin, the consequences of civil and political military conflict, as well as social and economic devastation caused by natural disasters such as hurricanes. Although these trains, which transport products and materials including corn, cement and minerals, are regarded as a free form of travel that allows migrants to avoid Mexico's numerous immigration checkpoints, the risks are high and many riders are left with life-altering injuries that limit their capacity to work. Many of the dangers posed by this journey results from the train itself and the process of climbing aboard and getting off moving trains. Because migrants board between 10 and 15 trains during their 1,450 mile journey, the chances of sustaining a major injury are high before they even arrive at Lecheria Station in Mexico City, which serves as a sort of halfway point before the train route scatters into various directions that head closer to different points on the US border. It is not uncommon to visit the rest homes and volunteer clinics where where migrants with missing limbs are recovering from rail accidents. Often the migrants fall asleep while riding atop trains and are jolted off and onto the tracks where many are killed instantly by decapitation, blood loss and shock. Because accidents often occur in the darkness of the night and in rural areas, victims are often not found immediately. If they do survive the fall, they must then wait for help because trains do not stop. After losing limbs to freight train accidents, survivors often feel the shame to return to their home countries because they can no longer support their families and are in more severe circumstances than they originally began with. Can we talk about ghosts for a bit? Apart from enduring moving trains, physical tiredness and the extreme weather conditions that come with this journey, migrants must also cope with emotional stress. That is, being separated from family, travelling alone and having a limited support system is also detrimental to the health and mental well-being of migrants. That's an interesting point and one mm. that doesn't get made often enough is this journey is a length of time where emotionally you're cut off from everything you know. Mm. That must be terrifying. Just the thought of that sort of severance and unknown and not knowing where you're going to end up, that alone has got to be absolutely debilitating. And at the same time, the desperate situation where you've got to get on board a moving train and get off it without being decapitated to Probably worry about. In the dark, in the middle of nowhere. Presumably there are people actively stopping this from happening, so it's not as if you can just do it in a station or anything. So you're going to be mm. doing it in the middle of the Mexican jungle somewhere. And even then, you perhaps reach America and everyone that you meet is just like, oh no, we're, we're full. Go back home, you dick. And send you back. And you've got to do the whole thing again. I think getting on board a moving train is 
terrifying as that is, piling into a little dinghy and sailing across the sea is even worse. Well, it isn't just getting on one train. They've got to change trains sort of 10 or 15 times. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, the first time you do it, you're well-fed and you're active and you're, you're ready to do this. By the time you're on your 15th train and you've been doing this for days, mm-hmm. possibly weeks, you're going to be exhausted, you're going to have no food, you're going to be mentally shot. Yeah, you're going to end up around you're all, all desperate as well, so it's not like it's a nice atmosphere. There's no respite, there's no let-up, it's just constant. That's what's so terrifying about it. The only thing that is so unavoidably obvious from that is the fact that people are choosing to do this, they must have bloody good reason for wanting to do it. And that's what I don't understand about people's hatred towards migrants and Mm -hmm. their anger towards it, is that lack of empathy that means that you think that anyone could make that decision lightly. They think they could do it out of base greed or just thinking that it's, it's going to be easy. It's absolutely staggering, isn't it? That someone could look at someone from who's come from Syria or Libya or Iraq and think, oh, they, they just want our free healthcare. And... When the work that they've done to get there has been more work than most of us are going to do in a year. And when they do come here, the atmosphere from that side of the population, it's not exactly welcome anyway. Why would you want to come to a party where no. a vast majority of people don't seem to like you and have actively... Well, that's why I've stopped going to them. all of the evidence points to that if you do have just straightforward free movement where people can come and go as they please they don't want to they want to Mm -hmm. stay where they are they want to stay where they're grown up they want to stay with their families so all of the fear mongering and the all the whole of Romania is going to move to England the second that we open the borders it never happened it never came close (laughs) to happening one person yeah because nobody wants (laughs) to do that one guy came the only reason that you do that even if you can hop on the Eurostar to do it is under pretty significant financial burden let alone to make this sort of journey that we're discussing discussing here it's it's not something that people do lightly and it's certainly not something that lazy people do christ you're effectively what you've got is a system that's wheedling out the most capable and the most effective Mm -hmm. just by the very nature of the fact that they're capable of making that journey i mean it sounds like hippy dippy shite but how do we not know how lucky we are i've had that before that it sounds a bit like hippy dippy shite when you start going down this road but it's, it's not, it's sort it's of just plain, obvious. It's just basic empathy. And, and it's not like there's no reference point. You just go back, what, 50 years? And see uh, what happened there? I don't get it. And I'm never no, going to get it. But the problem is now, with me anyway, because the conversations are always so heated, rather than get involved with it, I just cut them off. When people start moaning about seeing stuff on Facebook from their racist aunties and uncles or whatever, I've already deleted them. So my Facebook, they're all gone now. Mm. So I'm not really helping because I'm not engaging with those people. I'm just actively choosing to avoid them. You can't share... I mean, the amount of arguments I've got into, especially online. You know, I've had people in my office that I've had arguments with. They actually picked on asylum seekers one day. Not migrants. They're like, oh, fucking asylum seekers coming over here and taking up our resources. Don't they realise we're full? (laughs) Yeah, seeking asylum. (laughs) I've never understood the whole we're full thing. We are anything but full. So that whole scenario there, I don't engage with those people anymore. So I'm not helping, but I feel a bit better for it. I'm not making it any worse, but I can't deal with those sort of people anymore. I'll vote how I vote, I'll do what I do. You get on with what you're going to do. I might disagree with you and think you're a bit of a prick, but I can't, I can't engage with you because you can't win the conversation. The problem is that as politics becomes so polarising, it makes winning those arguments more difficult because everyone becomes so entrenched in their position that what you're having isn't discussion and debate, it's 
arguments. That's, there's no other way but to go straight to that. It undermines both sets of arguments because there's no meeting point in the middle. I saw a very interesting infographic this week about how traditionally in America, swing states, practically all the states were swing states, and people changed according to the political debate of the time and the mood of the time, and that changed. But over the past <coughs> 20 or 30 years, states have individually got entrenched into their position as either Republican or Democratic, and which side of that fence they sit on, and they're just digging in and yep. strengthening those beliefs to the point where the election is effectively being decided by just a few states rather than mm-hmm. the general populace. Well, that's that's crazy. I think that people with liberal agendas that are very similar to mine are as guilty of that. I don't think it was helpful in the least during the, the Brexit debate to, to label everybody that was interested in Brexit as racist and, and ignorant. That wasn't helpful. That's just that's just name-calling. That's That's not useful people's backs get up they want to defend their positions rather than question them yeah, yeah. and that's what ends up happening and happens with liberals as well is that you end up wanting to defend your position rather than examine it i've definitely been guilty of that but i think that is just through years of trying to have reasoned discussion especially in the office and especially online mm-hmm. and just getting nothing but sheer idiocy where there's no, there's no breakthrough in the argument you can't sort of break them down into logic it's just they flat out refuse to, mm-hmm. to believe anything you say. You can throw statistics at them. You can throw anything at them. And they, they will just resist it and just, you know, they dig their heels in. I, I feel worn down by pricks. You know, people aren't going to change. Nobody, I've never said to anyone, do you know what? You should be an atheist. And they've gone, you know what? You're bloody right. And then just left. Stop being a priest. Uh, yeah. You're never going to do it. What you can do Round is... Them contribute towards a mood and a voice. I think the most important thing to doing that is to not phrase it critically, but to phrase the positives. That's what I like so much about Jeremy Corbyn, is that that is very much how he phrases his arguments, is about positives, not about an an aggressive criticism, because that doesn't work. So you set a mood that way, which then becomes more inviting to change and more inviting to people to join in. Watching from the sidelines the Jeremy Corbyn stuff. It's, it's so vicious and so attacky. And it's exactly what we're talking about. Yes, yeah, not how his followers him. were, but it's so far removed from what he is. It's yeah. the not whole... like Jesus. It's Jeremy <laughs> Corbyn Jesus. <laughs> the whole concept of politics at the minute just seems to be, linking it back to our article, it just seems to be a runaway freight train, picking up more and more speed, and we're heading towards some sort of catastrophe. But... I don't think there's much we can do to stop it now. I put a fiver on um, a Brexit and Trump double months ago. I kind of wish I'd put some more money on it now. It was maybe 30 to 1 or something like that. That Brexit would happen and that and Trump, Trump would, would be win. elected. Yeah. Building oh. yourself a silver lining. Well, yeah. I, I thought I'm going to have to. I thought at least I'll have a bit more money so I can apply for a fucking visa to visit France or... Put towards building your bomb shelter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've got to try and take the positives out of these situations. These desperate, bleak situations. Mm. You're listening to Wiki Shuffle, the UK's premier comedy <laughs> Wikipedia podcast. Other dangers endured by Central American migrants are fueled by oh discrimination and xenophobic attitudes which are themselves based on the unique positioning of Mexico as both a sender and receptor of immigrants. Amnesty International elaborates, Mexico is one of the few countries in the world that is both a destination and transit route for migrants as thousands of Mexicans try to cross the border with the USA in search of work. This gen- 
generates complex social, economic, political and cultural consequences for Mexico and its regional neighbours. The vast number of migrants that pass regularly through the country are often seen as a nuisance which attracts crime. Migrants are vulnerable because of their undocumented status and lack of familiarity with personal rights, which renders them easy targets for harassment and abuse at the hands of corrupt officials and violent criminal gangs. Some of the dangers faced along the route north include robbery and assault, extortion, intimidation and threats, corruption, destroying of documents, detention without legal counsel and sexually aggressive acts. According to a 2012 article for the Commonwealth magazine, the statistics are harrowing. 80% of migrants will be assaulted or robbed. 60% of migrant women will be raped. I'm going to let that hang for a minute. Fucking hell. Why do we do this? Because the ghost train was too funny. The ghost train wasn't funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we got Bill to read out the rest of the article in just link form. We've done the whole awful things that happen in Mexico thing before. We're nearly there. Well, that was a whole different group of awful things that happened in Mexico. This is the weirdest episode that we've done. They're two completely opposite (laughs) sides of the spectrum. They're both trains, but (laughs) they've got completely different destinations. They're both bad trains. They're not like Thomas the Tank. He's good. This train is more like James, and the ghost train is more like Percy, for all the Thomas fans out there. What was wrong with Percy? No, Percy was alright. Oh, what was wrong with James? James was just mean. Well, I don't really remember. I don't know. Yeah, James was... He was mm, this train's more like a diesel. Carry this on, is how we, This is how me and Chris cope. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about this all we like. We are in no way intelligent enough to discuss no. most of these points. We have to even boil though we it do. right down to... We boil it down to Thomas the Tank analogies, and then we can cope. A lucrative side business for the drug gangs, especially the Zetas, is kidnapping migrants. They can get as much as $2,500 for each victim. Between April and September 2010, Mexico's National Human Rights Commission cited 214 mass kidnappings involving 11,333 people. A separate report by the National Human Rights Commission reported that Mexico is experiencing a hidden epidemic of kidnappings, with the majority of the most severe abuses occurring in the states crossed by the freight trains on the principal routes used by migrants. This all feels as though it's being swept under the carpet. And the fact that this isn't more common knowledge. I mean, those statistics and those numbers that we've read out so far in this article are absolutely startling. That we, in the Western world, with the access to the free media that we have, haven't been informed more actively about this. It shouldn't be our responsibility as a comedy podcast to be telling people about this, is my point. No, it shouldn't. But at the same time, how much bad news can you receive? And how much can you process? I can't even process those numbers. Tens of thousands of people kidnapped and raped and mugged and murdered. You need an an and finally story about a kitten on the news. You can't just finish with this. Exciting, isn't it? It's exciting. What's exciting? Oh, well, I've just picked up two brand new English £5 notes. British £5 notes. And I've got them in my hands under the desk. Have either of you seen them yet? No. No. Ooh. Wow, look at these. No, these aren't real. That's weird, isn't it? They're so little and so plastic. Oh, this isn't what I was expecting. Oh, they're both the same. They're both the same. Uh, well, yeah, I imagine so. But this, this one's got the, like, is this the Morrison's factory? <laughs> the Morrison's factory. What are you referring to? The man to? with the beard. And it says 2000s on it. That stuff isn't right. What are you, what are you looking at? What's a dong? This new? Right. 
I'm not convinced that that's a new £5 note you've got there. Ah. No, I, just, I had some Vietnamese dong in my bag, so that's I thought I'd do. give Chris some dong. That's, that's For a dense. second, I honestly did think, <laughs> Morrison's factory is weird. What's Morrison's? What? What do you mean Morrison's factory? It just looks like a Morrison's. That's, <laughs> it's not a factory. Well, what's your impressions? I mean, I'm sure the listeners are dying to know. By this point, every one of our listeners will have seen a five new five pound note. I don't really like it. I don't like the way it feels. Oh, I like it. I think it's much better. Um, because I mean, don't try too hard to rip it, but it's difficult to rip. Look Put them in the washing machines look. and. Phil, look! Look at the queen's baggy eyes. Do you speak of our monarch that way? Oh. She's a ninety-year-old woman. I think yeah, she's right. allowed she to have slightly. She looks good enough. Yeah, she, they've not used she? the picture. She does not look ninety in that picture. No, they need to. They should have updated that. And Winston Churchill looks pretty slim compared to how he normally was. Looks like a grumpy Gus, that's for sure. Isn't it? Is this good radio? I mean, this is a conversation that is going to be replicated in every office in the country yeah. for the next three months, isn't it? It and has been. We're getting there yeah. first. I don't even think we're getting there first. No, we're not. We've we? had that in my office yeah. <laughs> already. We're, we're offering no insight, nothing new. You, a lot of our listeners aren't even in the UK, so they give even less of a shit. This might not be the best feature we've ever done, hmm. which we is quite try. fitting for the mood of the episode generally. <laughs> Chris and Phil, what's your other project? Good night, sweetcast, you mean? Yeah, the podcast that... I basically told you to do as a joke because I wanted you to waste your time on something stupid. That's exactly what happened. And you've now... Wasted our time on something yeah. stupid. Yeah. You, ha- you have. We've done what you wanted. Yes, but also it has surpassed Wikishuffle in terms of downloads it has by stru- some distance. It has struck a chord. And yeah, I'm not sure that my ego can handle this, to be honest. It's, a, it's annoyingly good. Um, I'm enjoying listening to it. I just don't want it to get too popular. Why is that? Because you two will be dicks about it. As, as big a dick as you would be about it. You'd come in here with a big platform shoes and a cane and a big purple top hat if you make, got some success. Well, I mean, I did invent the idea of you doing this, so I'll, I'll take the credit. <laughs> Fine. Thanks, guys. So you can find Goodnight Sweetcast, the Goodnight Sweetheart podcast, at wikishuffle.co.uk and through all sensible podcast providers. Even if you think you don't like Goodnight Sweetheart, give it a go. Can't hurt, can it? What, what? Can't yeah. hurt. That's a big thing. I mean, we're not doing this as like, die-hard superfans. Yeah, we're not superfans. Wikishuffle.co.uk. Twitter, wiki, at wikishufflepod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you thought I'd know this by mm-hmm. now. Email, podcast at wikishuffle.co.uk. We got an email. Did we? We got an email from Iceland. Anymore. Shut up. Have you, not had, have you not read the Icelandic email? No. Mm. Can we, just before we get onto the Icelandic email... Can I just say that if anyone, any of our listeners are in China, Japan, South Korea, Vietnam, or Cambodia, get in touch and let me like stay at your house or something. Or just come and buy me a drink. Yeah? Or you could buy them a drink. Oh, I could buy them a drink, but, you know, I'm on a budget. We got a lovely email from Anita... It's not worth trying, it's hard. Well, there's a, there's a character in the middle of the name that I don't, I don't know what it is. What's, what's that? It's like a... Uh, that's, I, I don't know what that... I mean, that's just a middle name, though, isn't it? It's Anita Axelsdottir. you got to talk, talk, talk like Bjork. Bjork. They can't all talk like Bjork. That would be mental. I've just realised, over an hour into this recording session, I've recorded the entire episode in mono and not stereo. Hey, we're dead good at podcasting, we are. So if this episode sounds a little odd, you probably won't notice. Probably won't. Even, there's no way you'd have even been able to tell if I hadn't have pulled, pointed it out. 
But yeah, we're in mono this week in glorious monotone. So Anita sends us an email saying that she's got a job working at a guest house to fund her travels after graduation, which involves basically cleaning toilets. The world mm-hmm. needs toilet cleaners. And I've done my share of toilet cleaning in my life. Probably not my share, actually. No, you haven't done your share. No, probably a little bit shy of my I share. Don't mind, you know what? I don't mind cleaning the bathrooms. If I have to clean a part of the house, it'll always be bathrooms. I don't know why. I'm not like weird or anything. I just find it quite easy. Yeah, I mean, using your tongue like that's a bit mm. odd. <laughs> and it's and just like why you put... do you have to be in the nude except for that negligee? Oh, right. You just put like Jif <laughs> down every early for ten minutes. Go back, scrub it. It's done. Piss and shit. Mm. <laughs> the activity of cleaning the toilets was made easier by listening to us waffle on and accidentally listening to too many episodes and going a little bit insane, which is the correct response mm-hmm. to listening to too much of this. And we would heartily advise against listening to more than one episode at a time. And that's another listener that cannot, physically cannot send us a postcard of their shitty little town because she's in Iceland and that's awesome. I mean, we have listeners from Croydon and Slough and Pool. It's always nice to receive emails from our listeners. It is. And if you feel so inclined to go and leave us a rating on iTunes or some such, then go do that too. Why not? Mm. Because it's always really nice when podcasts... blather on about that for hours on end isn't it love it if you are getting in contact with us let us know if you don't want us to read out your full name because you want some sort of privacy because we just read out a full name we did it last week as well if i was listening to this i wouldn't want anyone to know oh good point yeah it's kind kind of a guilty secret for a lot of our listeners i'd imagine guilty secret i ain't no one's guilty secret (laughs) (laughs) you think i'm a guilty secret stop listening you dick On that note, shall we disappear for another week? Oh, I think it'd be best. This took two hours to record. This. It's been a hard slog today covering some quite difficult subjects, but hopefully we did okay and haven't trivialised it too much. Let us know what you think. If you think we did a terrible job and we shouldn't ever try and cover a serious subject ever again, let us know, because it's always a tricky one for us to decide how to handle properly. Anyway, we'll talk about some nonsense next week for episode 94. Um, And to play us out this week, it's the Thomas the Tank Engine theme tune. Bye. Bye. Go shout it, it's your birthday. We gon' party like it's your birthday. We gon' sip a party like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give a fuck, it's not your birthday You can find me in the club, bottle full of bug My mind got what you need if you need to fill a bar I'm gonna have a sex, I ain't in the making love So come give me a hug, if you're in the getting rough You can find me in the club, bottle full of bug My mind got what you need if you need to fill a bar I'm gonna have a sex, I ain't in the making love So come give me a hug, if you're in the getting rough When I pull up out front, you see the Benz on deal When I roll 20 deep, so it's drama in the club Now that I roll with Dre, everybody show me love Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 